Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, it's your old pal Fitzy from Six Rings and Football Things. This NFL offseason, no days off. In fact, we can fit 25 hours in a day. That's because podcasts make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task you got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores, do your job, and be entertained at the same time. It's all about the New England Patriots, the news, insight, analysis, and laughs on demand so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow Six Rings and Football Things in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody. Your New England Patriots got a little bit of a win this week. That's right. Actually, you know what? No, they won twice. Not only did they lose the actual game Sunday at the Meadowlands, 10 to 7, therefore fortifying their position as the third overall pick in the 2024 draft, but also Monday night, the pastronaut Kevin O'Connell, former draft pick of the Patriots, uh, and also our guy uh, Brian Flores playing a very passive defense against the Bears on the final drive, not sending the house, but rather sitting back in his zone with not, without even really putting a spy on one of the better running quarterbacks, allowed the Bears to drive all the way down into field goal range. Big pass to DJ Moore. Cairo Santos splits the uprights at U.S. Bank Stadium, a place the Patriots have only known defeat previously, therefore giving the Pats a two-game lead on the Bears in fourth place. Basically, right now, folks, things are looking up because if the draft were tomorrow, the Patriots would have their pick of quarterbacks or receivers or, well, they'd be the third pick overall. And there's a chance, I'm telling you here, on the latest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash Six Rings. If you haven't signed up yet, I'm telling you, there's a chance now with coaching change, a little regime change, as you pointed out earlier, Hart, in Carolina and Kyler Murray showing a little bit of signs of life of trying to prove that he is worthy of the 200 and something ridiculous million dollars in tax-free Arizona. There's a chance. There is a chance. They could maybe move their way up to two or even number one. We are the best. We are the best. We're not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, dude, I was thinking this morning, Andy. Like, I, I don't know because I know um, our friend Trish K uh, 
former the uh, creator of and now formerly of Zooty Software in the Cape, Miami, and New York, uh, was the big sponsor of the Patriots locker room celebrations for years. And uh, Zooty is no longer because uh, the company has been sold, blah, blah, blah. So now there's some new company that went in with a big buy to sponsor on the Patriots socials and Patriots.com. The locker room celebration, it used to be, oh, yeah, now it's, oh, no, or it's it's family on three. Whatever. I and mean, we haven't seen one of those in so long. It's absurd. Number one. And number two, like, do they get to ask for a refund? Uh, I believe in the industry there's a make good uh, coming, a massive, massive yeah. somehow make good coming. That's like a huge overlooked element to all this. And look, our job is to just talk about like the quality of the games, the decisions that are made by the coaching staff, the players, et cetera. But that's sort of like one of those 10,000 foot questions you have to ask. Will there be a number of sponsors that are going to go back to the Patriots and say like, yeah, can I get a little a little extra ROI on this vis-a-vis? Can I get like a 50% discount on my sponsorship in 24? Because yep. I barely heard my name mentioned. You didn't score any friggin' touchdowns. You didn't win any games. And there were no locker room celebrations. Or, or maybe they just are preferring it because they don't want to be associated with this crap. This is not exactly the branding that you uh, want to be uh, associated with because this football uh, team is pitiful. And you're right. They won this weekend in the world of Thanksgiving, in the world mm-hmm. of we're not tanking, we just suck. Nope. Because, and no, we're now on to tank the halls. I don't think, I, I don't like that, actually. It's close. It's not pretty as good, good. As Thanksgiving. Uh, you want, what do you want to do? Like uh, jingle tanks? <laughs> I, mean, you could, mm. I mean, workshop. But if anyone listening right now, Tank you. Uh, holler Thank at us. You can holler at us at Six Rings Pod, at Fitzy GFY, or at Jumbo Heart. Obviously, we went with Thanksgiving meal to sit down to the Thanksgiving supper for a few weeks as the Patriots continue to work their way down to the bottom only to as thank you holidays. If this were around the horn, you would get like a full segment mute for that one. I'd be frozen (laughs) black and white. Exactly. Um, uh, uh, Even Woody Page is like, ooh, that's a rough one. Um, but now we're looking for a new slogan along the lines of tanking or working your way from the bottom to the top, uh, as the Patriots lose games and continue to prove competitively irrelevant. But, um, well, uh, perhaps, uh, uh, bolstering their chance at bringing in somebody next year in what will be a wild off season who can make a difference under center on the outside, on the sideline, um, in the personnel department and beyond. So now, let me ask you a question because you before people, we get to the grades, yes, please. Uh yeah, you, you people, sir in the South Coast. Yeah, you people. Oh, here we go. Um, All right. You people and Bill, you trusters, and he would never tank. They would never tank. We would never tank. We're better than that. We're the Patriots. We're the mighty, mighty Patriots. All mm-hmm. that that you people spewed for years and years and decades and decades. So I responded to a Jones and Mego poll yesterday, basically just asking their, their cue at two or whatever they call it. They poll the audience and then talk mm-hmm. about it here. Mm-hmm. Never, I never miss it. Yep. Every week, every week that and Meg explaining are the two things that if you, if you're going to catch just two aspects of that show, those are the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but they asked, who do you want to start at quarterback? This week. Very simple. Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. Yep. I was surprised that Mac Jones still, when I checked in had like, 30% of the vote, something like that. I voted Zappy, and I said, who's still voting for Mac Jones? And you would have been stunned by the onslaught of, I did. I want the number one pick. I did. I want the number. He's the worst. He can get us to the number one. And Ugh. so 
it has been fully embraced that we are truly not. It has jumped ship from what I believe. We're not tanking. We just suck. I think this is a truly organic two-win season. Mm-hmm. I think everything stinks. The quarterback stinks. Everything stinks. He lost players to injury along the way, which has mm-hmm. helped the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have jumped from we're not tanking, we just suck, to full-fledged, open, honest tanking, and they would play the worst player, the broken player, Mac Jones, in order to secure that. Now, I happen to be of the belief it doesn't matter who you start at quarterback, you still have a very good shot to lose out the rest of the way, not secure mm-hmm. all year. But what do you think of you people, your people, your top-of-the-wall Patriot Nation people, fully embracing and openly talking about tanking and making decisions in order to lose? Uh, I still believe that the organization will never purposefully do that because you're caught in the quagmire right now of ownership still wanting to try to hold on any last vestige of entertainment or competitive enjoyment for the fans that are either watching from home and those numbers are dwindling and I don't even want to see what local ratings are, but we'll hear soon enough. And the people that are going to the games I also don't want to know how many people are trying to give away their tickets or what the resale value is on these tickets. I'm imagining there will be empty seats on Sunday. I'm imagining it's probably going for less than 50% of face value now, which is a freaking shame. Ownership may want it, but Bill Belichick has no, whether he's here or not next year, and we both believe that he won't be, which again, folks, to those that want to call us jerks, negative media, et cetera, this is not a besmirching of Bill Belichick's accomplishments, his greatness, or his legacy in New England. Them's just facts. We're talking about the now, and it ain't that good right now, and it hasn't really been for a while. I can't see Bill Belichick openly tanking. I cannot see ownership wanting it, tell, being able to effectively say to him, hey, Bill, on your way out, do you mind giving us a little gift of the top pick? I, 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 I think I even said to you on the postgame show Sunday, would it surprise me at all if the Patriots lost every game the rest of the way? Even if they try their ass off and then in the final game against the Jets with the first overall pick on the line, Belichick finds a way to beat the Jets, get win 301 and be like, well, at least I didn't lose to the goddamn Jets on the way out the door. That would not surprise me. The GD Jets, excuse me. I'm not going to worry about fixing that. That would not surprise me in the least. Would it you? No, it would not surprise me. Now, I, I will kind of be surprised if they win a game just because of how bad they've been. You know, the the recency bias. Like, yep. it's the opposite of what I used to do. When in doubt, bet with Tom and Bill. When Don't bet against Brady and Belichick yeah. for years and years. Never Even count if out thought, touchdown Tom. No, right. no, no. Even no. if I thought the other team was better or the spot was tough, it's like they might find a way to do this, so I'll err on the side of aligning myself with BB and TB12. Now, I can't envision myself picking them. Could they upset the Steelers or the Jets, as you said, in the finale? I got to think Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back if the season continues to kind of peter out for Tim Boyle and company in New York. Um, Could they beat them? Sure. But that's also a pretty good defense that can score on its own. And it's a pretty good defense that can make plays. So I, I will not, barring a massive change, I will not be picking the Patriots. FanDuel, lock me in with Mm -hmm. the opponent for each of the next six weeks. So, could that happen now? And it may also be a good thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the the team of the moment, the Houston Texans. C.J. Um, Stroud is the Stroud. next great thing. The whole thing. I almost called them C.J. Spiller. That would be a totally different thing. C.J. No, different, different uh, d- smaller um, running back. Yes, no. Yeah, but C.J. Stroud, you know, the whole thing in Houston is 
they would have screwed the pooch too. They would have taken Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. They won that game last year. They end up with a worse pick, and they end up with C.J. Stroud. And maybe it's the best thing that ever happened to that team, kind of like Chad Ryland. Maybe his missed kick was the best kick in New England since Adam Minitari was winning Super Bowls, baby. But there is some football karma, luck, fortune, whatever, and maybe they would be like the Texans. Maybe they would be at the number two pick, and then maybe they fall to the number three pick. And in the end, maybe that makes it better for them. Mm-hmm. But no, I I I will be expecting the Patriots to lose out until they prove to me otherwise. If the Patriots get the second overall draft pick, that'll be the most curious spot to me because they'll have their choice of a quarterback, whoever doesn't go first. So let's say Caleb Williams does still somehow go first overall. Um, and that's, that's no given either, considering that the Chicago Bears still currently own and will continue to own the Carolina Panthers pick, which is likely to be the first overall pick as boy, does that team stink? Uh, it could be Drake may it could be Jaden Daniels. If they want to reach, it could be Maserati Marv, Marvin Harrison, Jr. Who knows? Uh, that'll be the most interesting spot for me. Three things could get tricky. If they work their way down to four, then we could be, then we could be in a tight spot right there. And if it's first, if they work their way to the top, baby from the bottom to the top, what a turnaround As Julian Edelman said, going to be a hell of a story. Going to be a hell of a story. Look at us trying to just find a way to talk ourselves into something well, positive. You got to have, like, what are, I mean, what is life without hope? I mean, we've got, like, right now. Patriot Nation. We are absolutely just, we are in solitary. We have received beatings at Shawshank. Uh, you know, we, we got to have hope. We got to dig our way out of this somehow, you know. And, yes, I know how good it was for a long time. But, uh, yeah, just because, like. Can you just, can we just hope for a little, a little? I never understood that, that mentality of like, it was so good for so long. So just grin and bear the current. Don't like point out the actual. Same. Yeah. Why should you have to? I always use the student example. If your kid got straight A's freshman Mm. year, sophomore Mm. year, junior year, and then senior year starts screwing off and comes home with C's and D's. Do you say, oh, but he was so good the last three years. We just ignore this. This is fine. No. Yeah, he already got into the school he wanted to go to. Like, no, you stay. You stay on top it? of it. What are we doing? How? I, like, Let me ask you this. Like, when the Steelers won all those Super Bowls in the 70s, they never, like, went, like, I know Chuck Knoll, like, petered off, and then it was time for regime change there. But, like, did they get really, really bad for a long stretch? Um... I'd have to go back and look. They they were bad. They definitely had a dip. Everybody has a dip. The Cowboys had a dip after Landry. Um, the Dolphins had their dip with some minor blips up and down. But well, while you do us a favor and provide a little Foxborough filibuster, I will go and check our friends at Pro Football Reference, the Pittsburgh Steelers, coming off of their fourth Super Bowl win in 1979. Uh, no, Andy, they never did work. They had, okay. They, yeah, no, they had what two losing seasons over the next, like, yeah, they had three losing seasons in their next 15. Like, no, they never really had a prolonged stretch of suckitude. And they had, and then since 1994, um, they have had one, two, Three losing seasons. Three. Just count them. Three. The New England Patriots have now secured three losing seasons in the last four. So you're becoming a Steelers fan before my eyes. Kenny Pickett, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I wanted George Pickens. Um, 
No, the Steelers, like you and I said earlier this morning on the Breaking Boston pod, but let's carry it right over here because, yeah, uh, Mike Tomlin doesn't get enough credit. Mike Tomlin does not get enough credit for the work that he does. I apologize to him. I've always doubted him. Andy Reid doesn't get enough credit around these parts or on the national level, and Mike Tomlin doesn't come close. You know, it was always fun when Antonio Brown, like an idiot, went Facebook Live after the divisional round win before the 2016 AFC Championship in which the New England Patriots kicked the ass of the Steelers, and I can still see Chris Hogan running free and open several times in that game. When uh, Antonio Brown, unbeknownst to Mike Tomlin, went Facebook Live, and then he's like, we're going to be ready for that ass, and they sounded all cocky and like... Every one of us on top of the wall was like, yeah, that's why these guys are clowns. Turns out, yeah, okay, that's that's what happens in locker rooms when you try to like celebrate a win but get pumped up to go face a Goliath like the Brady, Gronk, Edelman Patriots. Although Gronk was injured at that time, but Mar- Marty Soros did a nice job filling in. It turns out Mike Tomlin, yeah, that's what they do, and he's actually really good at his job. He's never had a losing season, and I don't think he's going to have another one this year. No, he's, he's probably not, and I think it's a little bit smoke and mirrors but whatever um the reality of the the comparison between the two franchises for me has come into that Mike Tomlin a lot closer to Bill Belichick than Ben Roethlisberger to Tom Brady you might have four hall of famers two hall of fame coaches and two hall of fame quarterbacks but Mm -hmm. a part of their failures in my mind Roethlisberger couldn't hold Brady's jock on the field or in terms of leadership like he was not even close so Mike Tomlin, yes, you're doing a fine job, but we should probably get into the uh, grading of the, the game grades. Yeah, but the thing, enough. but like that's the thing. I'm more interested. I'm more interested in looking around the NFL and talking about the the win, divining a win from a loss. As no, I we're gonna break like, the game. I broke down right. the film. It was fun. Before we get to the second half and our Pat's Perry portion of the review and grading podcast here on Fan, uh, excuse me, Six Rings brought to you by FanDuel. Um, Let's just go through the grades. Of course, after every Patriots game, we grade the offense, the defense, special teams, quarterback, and coaching. We begin with the offense, Andrew. Your grade. D. Uh, and it's that is ge- that's generous, well, my guy, but I my guy Ramondre. My guy Ramondre. Was, ran hey, really hey, Zeke well. Zeke ran really well too. He did too, but Ramondre carried the load. He had his um, most significant play time of the season, had a season-high 98 rushing yards. This is now three straight weeks. He's topped 80 yards. Don't look now, but if Ramondre runs the way he's been running the last three weeks over the final six weeks, Ramondre is going to be what they call a 1,000-yard running back this year. I think he's about 580 right now, but mm-hmm. he's big uptick in production the last few weeks. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was Zeke 21 for 98 up. and yeah. Zeke, re, re, Zeke went nine for 46. So you got Ramondre coming in a tick under five yards of carry and Zeke at five yards. Of, like yeah. that's, no, they, they ran the ball. Well, that's why this isn't an F because everything about the passing game was F, 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 F minus incomplete. Demario uh, Douglas went six for 49 with a long of 14 before he got clotheslined by Jim, the anvil Neidhart. I mean, excuse me by a, a, a special teamer for the giants. Um, dangerous play as that was. We'll try to get an update as the week progresses. Uh, I imagine Demario Douglas will be in the concussion protocol, and I also mm-hmm. imagine we will not see him uh, this coming Sunday. I don't want to see him actually this Sunday. I may not want to see him the rest of the season, Andy, because what? in a seat. No, honestly, I don't think I want to see. I'll, I'll give the Patriots a D as well on offense. I'll just even let you give the grades out today because I'm just going to probably agree with the majority of them. But I don't want to see Demario Douglas the rest of the season. This is his second time that he's gone to the concussion protocol. You hope to not go there that many times over the course of several seasons. But for the small, diminutive, undersized, fleet-footed, get-open-in-a-phone-booth, the slot receiver that he is, the kid's a playmaker, and you're going to hope that he's going to be around long enough. Now, I know 
Other receivers have had multiple concussions, still play at a high level. I don't worry about it. He's young. He'll shake it off. These are serious matters. And if he's had two concussions in one season, you may want to shut him down and hold on to him for when the games really matter more than a team that's two and nine the rest of the way. That's that, that's just my two cents. I'd shut him down for the season if he does have another confirmed diagnosis of a concussion. It's also a way to tank without tanking. Doing the smart thing. Uh, uh, this guy. Uh, look at this guy over here. Because eh? there's no doubt he's your best receiver now. It's, it's no, not even thousand and ten. Well, what better. about Juju? Oh, don't even. Okay. Excuse me? Who? Uh, the, the defense. Uh, the defense, I actually gave a B. Um, because they play now, hard. It, it's against the competition. The Giants stink, too. Tommy DeVito, right. not that good. But nope. the defense gets six sacks spread around six different guys. I thought the mm -hmm. pass rush made life hard on a guy who is sackable. Tommy DeVito is is prone to being sacked. And the Giants, yeah, the Giants had like 60 rushing, 60. I think they honestly had say they contained Saquon. He only went 12 for 46. DeVito had yep. five scampers for six yards. Matt Breida, two for six. Like, that's really impressive. And going into the game, the Giants were three and eight in all three games that they won. Saquon scored in the eight games that they lost. He didn't. He didn't score Sunday. Thereby, the Patriots should have won that game. And yet somehow they found a way not to. Well, the, the only down part to the Patriots defense to me was in coverage. I thought the back end was a little shaky at times in coverage. Certainly JC Jackson sucked. He could not cover. Um, why am I drawing a blank on there? The Patriots. Know? It was the Patriots. He couldn't tackle either, by the way, coming back from his uh, little suspension, his thing. hiatus sabbatical, yeah, whatever yeah. that was. Um, but for the most part, I thought the run defense and the pass rush did a really nice job against again, a bad Giants offense, a bad team, but you can only play the games that are put in front of you. And we all know the statistics, the various different numbers mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. the Patriots defense, how they've played over the last four weeks and how many times that should have led to victory for other teams historically, but it hasn't and blah, blah, blah. So in case you haven't heard it, folks, the one stat that we're speaking in reference to specifically, that is the most mind bending is the new England Patriots are the first team in over 30 years to give up 10 points or fewer in consecutive games and get an L hung on them twice. The last team to do that, Andy, that's the, this is the fun answer. The new England Patriots in 1993, 1993, Casey, 30 Casey. freaking years ago, man. Talk about what's old is new. Whew, God. Uh, all right. Special teams. Let me guess your, let me guess your grade. Let me guess your grade. Uh, D. It was a D because, hey, you know, the trouble. positive, my guy, Bryce Beringer, um, exactly. Exactly. Continues to, um, you know, show that he is one of the few aspects of the team that's not just pretty good, but really trending in the right direction. Oh, yeah. The whole rest of the team is trending into a toilet bowl. Um, Bryce Beringer, unlike his rookie counterpart, um, looks like a professional, looks like what you're supposed to get when you draft a punter, get one of yep. the best young guys in the game. And I keep going back to his first two boots of the day. The first one was like a 53 yarder. OK, needed that good strong leg. Good job. And then the second was a plus 50 that he downed, I think, at the six yard line. Only 31 yards, but that's what you're looking for, those hidden yards there. So, yes, he, he, it takes a little bit off his net average. Overall, he was six for 45. So, uh, listen, that's uh, that, that gets you paid in the NFL. If you can average 45 yards a punt, have good hang time, but most especially when we need you to go a little bit shorter, coffin corner, spot it with it, you know, between the 20 and the end zone. He's getting it done. I think he's turned into an excellent punter. He kicks very well in crappy conditions. He, you know, went to college in East Lansing at Michigan State. Barringer's been excellent. Chad Ryland is maybe a problem. We may have a problem, Houston. Uh, uh, see, I don't think we have a problem yet. 
Um, he's a rookie kicker. This is what you get with rookie kickers. This is general for 18, but he, two weeks in a row, he's missed 35 yards and he's hooked it left. Thank you. Chad Ryland is what I'd first say. Appreciate you. Um, yeah. Bill Belichick was not very supportive of him. A hero. He is yeah. your hero. He's absolutely mm-hmm. the hero you needed. Even if it's not the one you wanted in the moment. Um, but I, to me, this was the timeline you were on, like take because everybody's like, yeah, and you got Nick Folk hitting 21 of 22 down in Tennessee, blah, blah. OK, great. But Nick Folk's 142. He's not going to be your long term kicker. So wow, he Chad looks Ryan, great. I know. But at some point he won't. Bill looks great once, too. And look what he is now. You get old, you lose your fastball and you're never the same. Um, Nick Folk will not last forever. So. Chad Ryland, you work through the lumps, maybe even mm-hmm. benefit from the lumps here by getting a higher draft pick, and hopefully the strong leg and the what you drafted him for um, will be good enough next year and the year after, and you have your long-term kicker. Also really liked, he's definitely not a Devontae Parker. He's more of a Matthew Slater, and what I mean by that is he stood up and took full accountability and responsibility, yep. didn't hide and run and, and make it. You know, he could have said, well, the kick only hit my toes. I'm not sure it hit my whole foot, so that's what. That's what Devontae Parker would have done. Nope. He took full accountability. So I'm not done with Chad Ryland just yet. Uh, let's see. I'm looking right now. Uh, no, the book is not completely told, sold, or out on Chad Ryland as of yet either. I agree. But let's go back to a great, great, great New England Patriot, uh, let alone great, great, great field goal kicker as well. Let's go to uh, the guy who was all sorts of jacked up this weekend as he hammered the anvil in Indianapolis. Apparently, that's his favorite place to uh, celebrate his career now uh one super bowl with them adam three with us just saying it only hurts a little bit um in his rookie season did you say hammering uh, the anvil that sounds like an urban dictionary it sounds I'm like go home and hammer the anvil whoa hey now uh in his rookie season adam vinatieri was wow in 1996 he was 27 for 35 77 second year 25 to 29 he never dipped below 77%. That was his career low in the time with New England. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten years with New England. His highest was 94% in 2004, where he went um, 31 for 33. Wow, that's a hell of a season. That definitely should have ended. Oh, he got all pro for that as well. Yeah. So uh, even Vinatieri, the season's not over yet. Chad Ryland has a chance to pick things up. But yeah, you got to struggle a little bit before, you know, it's tough. And and I didn't say Chad Ryland is going to go on and become a Hall of Fame kicker. I was just comparing him to somebody else. Like, oh, people don't struggle. I guess I don't think Guskowski ever struggled that much either. But now we compare him to Scott Sisson. Really? How about one of the bars? You got? Can I can I get a Grammatica comparison? That's my point. Like we automatically around here compare quarterbacks to Brady. We compare tight ends to Gronk. We compare kickers to Vinatieri. That's not fair. Those are high bars. I know. I know. I was just yeah. asking. I'm just saying, like, don't You're lose hope. Goats. All, All right. All right. Bring your, bring your expectations down just a little. I'm just looking for, like, a, who's a mo- – like, some of these guys, like, Dicker the Kicker and Evan McPherson and, like, some of these guys. Give me Graham are- – yeah, give me Graham Gano. Right. I don't want – I don't – he doesn't have to be Justin Tucker, the greatest kicker that changed the game. Although now, technically – Young Hoku is uh, by like one per- by one tenth of a percentage point. He is now, if you judge it based on 100 kicks attempted or more in a career, he is now the most accurate kicker in NFL history. Although we and would we all, all say Justin where. Tucker. He also used to be a Patriot. Could have had him. How come we can't get guys like that? Sponsored by no one. All right. Uh, moving on. The coaching. No, let's go quarterback first. How was the quarterback play Sunday? 
F. All right. How is the <laughs> wait? I want something below F. Can we invent a new grade? It feels like we need to, doesn't it? It really does. All right. That was bad. Nobody was good. Uh, Bailey Zappi GFY, was why? As yeah, your, uh, as uh, as my as uh, my that's old, what they uh, my old do. mantra. Yes. Quarterbacks uh, get a GFY because <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore about Mac. He is just a sad so broken. story. A it's broken so sad. Man. Take away his football, take away his helmet, sit him down, hand him a hat, let him just, watch. Just make him watch a game. I don't understand. But you like, can't. You can't. That's the but you have to. You have to. You the poor guy. Who's the backup quarterback? So you let's cut him too. Zappy. Wow. They don't even have one right now. No, that's my point. What so about Malik Mania? They don't even practice him at quarterback. They tell you what they think of him as quarterback. All right, they don't maybe Austin, Steve Burton's kid came in for a workout Monday. Maybe Austin Burton signs up and is the backup this week. I would decline the opportunity if I were him. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I mean, I know it oh, seems geez. like a good idea. Like his grandfather no. was the first ever draft pick and you can come right. in like a little but legacy. Steve well. was a good quarterback himself. No less. Right. He could report on it. Father son story. Maybe it's a little gift from Belichick to Steve Burton and the Boston media on the way out the door. Who knows? Yeah. And then when he, then he'll realize, wait, this guy stinks. Wait, this whole team stinks. I can't do my job behind this unit and this team. Like it'll be a nightmare. It'll start as like this great storybook thing and be a nightmare. Careful. Say, uh, at the Joe Andrew, uh, we are recording this on a giving Tuesday as well. So please, if anyone gets a chance, uh, Give, give, give big, give soon, give often in whatever capacity you can. Speaking of which worked with one of my favorite charities over the summer, the Joe Andrewsy foundation at their annual golf tournament in June. I played behind Steve and Austin, uh, Steve and Austin Burton. And I, Steve was perfectly good dad hitter, just like the rest of us. Let me tell you the length on Austin Burton and the drive on that one. Holy smokes. I mean, you want uh, just like, that natural athlete is just, it's a marvel to watch like a real God given born athlete do what they do. Jeez. Like a 325 yard drive was just like a chip for me. Um, well, anyway, yeah. well, how do that translates to the football field or if he'll sign with the Pats, who knows, but I think it'd he be a nice a story. threat D one quarterback. So I'm not surprised. His dad surprised. was a great athlete who still is, by the way, you want to see in a, a performance, go back about 20 years to the uh, media game at CMGI field and see uh, Burton put on a show. I bet. I would, I'd, I'd, honestly, we had a caller last night on the Rich Keefe show say, forget Austin, sign Steve to play quarterback. I'd take any uh, of them. All right. And lastly, the coaching, Andy, your grade F. Yeah, F sorry. lower than Max F, the so lowest low. F that we can find. Big because it goes into the F. week leading up to the game. He could not have F'd this up any more than he did. And then he tries to like swing the narrative. Oh, no, Matt got the majority of the reps last week. Like, on the Greg Hill show, trying to pretend last week didn't happen and that we're all stupid and we don't have brains and we don't remember things. Wow. I mean, it, it is what it is. He effed it up and he's going against his own principles. That quote that I surfaced last week that everybody glommed onto uh, on Monday. Uh, you're welcome, everyone. I'm glad I surfaced that so you could all get columns out of uh, my efforts um, mm -hmm. after I had already written. Oh, that was a, time. by the way. Yeah, I forgot to mention good deep dive on that one. Well, you know, steel trap up here, steel trap when I need it to be. Uh, but yeah, he goes against everything he ever preached and believed back then. And now he'll say, oh, conditions on the ground change or right to whatever, because he's Belichick. He's always right or used to always be right. Now it seems like he's always wrong and everything he touches turns to poop, not gold. Um, but yeah, he effed this up. He effed Mac Jones. He effed Bailey Zappi. He effed his offense. He effed Hunter Henry. He effed fans. He effed everything except 
the ability to gain a higher draft pick. So now we have that also. That's the last argument of the Bill We Trust crowd is that he's doing this on purpose. He's been losing on purpose. He is trying to tank, even though I was told he would never tank. Now he's trying to tank. So, you know, Bill, you effed everything up, except you got us a higher draft pick. Thank you, Bill. So Bill's nickname going forward will be Hugh Effner. That's terrible. Huh? That's terrible. Appropriate actually, in some other ways. Actually, hey, all right. Okay, oh, we're not going there. Whoa, 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 hey, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, stay focused. There you go. There's the first half of the pod. The grades, a little coach speak, the meanderings and ramblings of two football fans who just don't know what to make of this season, the team, their future, or what's going on. But all we know is that was another subpar effort, yet the latest of – a, a very winnable game for the Patriots that they somehow found a way to lose. Hopefully the long-term benefit will be people coming in to the rescue next spring. What do you think about the great? Uh, you guys know how to hit us up at six rings pod at Fitzy GFY at jumbo heart. All right, now let's move on to the back half, a little Pat's Paris. Everyone's fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team. Follow the skate pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the skate pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, here we go. Uh, here's a little bit of everything else going on in Pat's Nation and how it resonates with us, the Pat's people and the Pat's populi, the Foxborough faithful, and most especially this year, Andy, the Foxborough frustrated. Uh, on Sunday, on one of the many uh, six-person... Oh, did we have some breaking news? Well, not really, just uh, a little bit of breaking news. I just saw the couple minutes ago, Sunday Night Football on NBC has the Patriots as the 31st team in their power rankings. They they still have the Panthers as worse. I'm not sure if they're right or wrong, but... So wait a second. Now, now... Oh my God. Look at that. We're not last. We're not last. Pro we used to be the West. Better. We used to be the best and now we're second worst. Probably uh, some truth to it. I mean, I guess you do need to go yeah. to and it's uh, coach and is i don't even i don't even bother like doing a pot like a uh the 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 league-wide whip around power rankings for wei.com now because all just you're just going to be making people sad every week like yeah they're 30 31st or 32nd an argument can be made they are the worst team in the nfl because of where they were and who they who they are and who they were but the panthers are definitely the worst team follow who just dismissed their coach by the way yeah let's get a quick react on that one andy uh frank reich dismissed uh before we get to uh, Alex Smith and Rex Ryan. Uh, so do you think it was the Reich call? Listen, obviously he, uh, he, you know, he wasn't making all the Reich moves. Oh, okay. nope. no, 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 nope. he wasn't the Reich man for the job. Obviously Carolina's, oh, is my favorite bad joke. Ready? Three, two, one. Obviously Carolina's owner couldn't temper his expectations for the new coach. <laughs> Terrible. I said it. I even said it was bad. He's not afraid to throw out money though. He no, just, man, like, that guy, he's hires he's still, guys and fires them. Yeah, I'll pay he's you. You're spending on that rule, although mm -hmm. Nebraska absorbed some of that contract, I guess, but there was some sort of deal where if he takes a job, commits, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then now he's going to be paying Frank Reich for a couple of years. That was a knee jerk hire, bad move. He forced him to take Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. Sometimes you get the world or the coach or the team or the record you deserve. So here can, here could be another team now. Maybe, um, as Rich Keefe likes to say, add, add Carolina to the pile, throw them into the mix. Now you could have Washington, you could have Carolina, you could potentially have the chargers, not if, but when they dismiss Brandon Staley as their head coach of the football team as suitors or bidders for bill Belichick's services next season. 
interesting to see. I'd like to see the way this plays out the rest of the way. Could Carolina win one or two games? Will they get the Andy Hart bump and move up the power rankings and maybe give the Pats a shot at the first overall pick? Uh, I can hope so. In terms of that job, um, Bill Belichick is obviously going to be a name to attach to um, everybody in this offseason if there's an availability, just because his name is Bill Belichick. I was just pulling up the Panthers' schedule. Buccaneers, Saints, Falcons, Buccaneers, Packers, they're going to win a game or two down the stretch. I, mm -hmm. I really do believe they're going to win a game or two with the bump. Um, at some point, they have to. And that's good. Division games, weird games, that whole thing. Teams that aren't all that talented them own right. But mm -hmm. in terms of would-be replacement, um, I saw the odds. Bill Belichick was on the list. Gerard Mayo was on the list because he was tied to an interview there last year that he turned down. Oh, um, that's right. Obviously, Ben Johnson will be on the, the list, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, who's a hot commodity, although might be getting a little less hot by the week um, with Jared Goff and the way they're playing. Also, I would throw in there, I didn't see it on the list of odds, and he doesn't theoretically make a lot of sense right now, but remember that weird Diana Rossini report that, huh, you know who has a history of getting Bryce Young to play his best? Patriots offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. O'Brien. Could he so, be an HC candidate? Just throwing that in there, or even an, an OC candidate, if you know, if he's not worthy of the HC would job. Belichick travel, would, Be would Belichick and O'Brien travel as a package deal to Carolina? I would doubt it. Same. Um, I don't know why Bill would take that job. They're not close to winning. He'll be no. dead before he breaks the record if he takes that job. Um, I think he needs to go somewhere with talent. The Chargers, the obvious scenario, the the Cowboys, the, the you, other one. Hollywood Belichick. Hollywood Belichick would make the most sense of all the opportunities. And the Cowboys are playing good football. Deron Bland has as many pick sixes this year as the Patriots have wide receiver touchdowns. There's one of those other awful stats. In the offensively, and uh, the uh, offensively offense, or uh, the uh, yeah, okay, they're just not good. Um, hey, real quick, a couple other notes. Uh, both Greg Bedard, who actually swore he dropped an f bomb in his tweet saying he went over yeah, the that's Patriots. Not appropriate. Tape. Be a professional, Greg. Yeah, come on, Greg. What Be the an effing professional? God yeah. damn it. <laughs> uh, and then Dan Orlovsky just tweeted out as well. The Patriots offensive tape is absolutely awful. Poor designs, poor timing, poor spacing, poor details, poor execution, poor rhythm. Guys doing different things consistently, very little why to doing things. It, it is about as bad as it can get at the NFL level. I mean. Wait, what about he, last year was as bad as it could get at the NFL no, it's level? No, it's worse. So this is like, this deserves its own podcast. I don't want to go full deep dive into this now. Maybe we'll get into that on the mailbag pod. But I just want everyone to think about that. How did it honestly get markedly worse from last year's offense, which people said was about as bad as it could get and as poorly designed at the NFL level? How is Matt Patricia now having his comeuppance and looking brilliant as far as offensive design and play calling compared to Bill O'Brien, who Ooh, was a successful really? head? Like, no, I'm just saying he doesn't really. But like there are people goofing and joking with the notion that somehow Matt, o Matt Patricia looks better in hindsight. Um, so the comparison I get, this offense is terrible, but you it's know, it's legendarily think, bad now, Andy, come on. But, but you know, I think Bill O'Brien is a far better coach and coordinator and play caller than Matt Patricia. Um, yeah, I think, I we think all part do. of it is Mac Jones. He is broken. You broke him more, how that all played out. I think the talent is not as good. You took away your best receiver and replaced him with a bum in Juju Smith-Schuster. Disrespectful, I know, but it is what it is. Um, the offensive struggling. line, 
Offensive line has been a debacle. Now there's mm-hmm. all these like these views on Cole Strange too. Like he was drafted to to be a zone blocker in the the San Francisco scheme, and now you're I, not doing that. Like I believe that to be the case. Okay, well then part of this is Belichick's fault. You can't pull the plug on a plan. You invested a first round pick, so you should be invested in the plan that invested in that first round pick. You can't yeah. pull the plug. Insert less need and Sean McVay laugh from draft. Right, night. right. So you can't pull the plug. That's terrible too. Um, so I think there's a lot of reasons. I also need to say, okay, I, I take this with a grain of salt because Dan Orlovsky is an admitted texting buddy of Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. So like, that's his guy. He's going to defend his guy and rip the scheme and everything around his guy to I, some I, degree. I think, I think, no, I think it's pretty safe to say, uh, poor, de- poor execution is right there. Poor rhythm. Uh, the quarterback is the one who, one of the great things about Tom Brady was there was always God, do I miss that? God, do I miss it? Like, but the rhythm and the tempo from Brady as well. Like, that was one of his things. Like, Josh would go tempo. Tom read it well. The whole offense rallied up around. Like, this, I I even remember this. Back in 2021 in the preseason, when Mac was challenging and ultimately usurped the job from Cam Newton, I remember in the preseason games, you know, like um, our, our guy Ross Tucker and whoever else was calling these games, just being like, ooh, look at this, like, Mac Jones doing a great job carrying over the success he had at Alabama. Josh McDaniels calling tempo. Mac Jones does a great job with this. And I remember thinking, like, we got somebody here. Look at the way he's running the upscale, like the up-tempo offense. Like, he moved well. He was decisive. Mm-hmm. Um, to th- I, 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 This is going to be a – I'll say this uh, before we get to our last two snippets here because we don't want to go on for forever. Um, I think what has happened to Mac Jones is going to be something truly – that coaches, coordinators, football savants, analysts, pe- just in general, fans, people are going to study this for years. Like what has happened with Mac Jones? The fact that the kid comes in with the pedigree that he does has a reasonably success, reasonably to very successful in the eyes of some and many rookie season. And the way that he has faltered, broken apart, and now just become so inept and dysfunctional like the how and the why of this is going to be something that they're going to teach once they can figure out exactly why, like the full how and why of this came to be, because it's truly remarkable. And I don't mean that in like the, in the sense of like wonder that you would leave a Broadway show or like a, uh, uh, some sort of artistic performance. I mean, like it's so remarkably bad and dysfunctional. It's, it's downright shameful, but I, I can't put my finger on any one reason. Oh, I can't put my I, I I think it's the 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 inverse of Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Like, I don't think they they would have been as good separate. Like, there's just these layers of how it can't. It's like this. This is Bill Belichick and this is Tom Brady. And they came together like this. Was, if uh, this had been Brady beautiful. and this had been Belichick, this happens. If this had been Belichick, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just fit together nicely yes. at the right time in history. It feels like Mac Jones was the opposite. Because I don't think he's that good. I think there is guilt to be put at the feet of Mac Jones. But he's not this bad. No, he isn't. And that's my point. Like, I don't think Brady would have been as good without one. Like, it all came together right. perfectly. The, the Still would have been of the very good. Yeah, greater yeah. than the parts, blah, blah, blah. Well, this mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. the sum of the parts is worse than the parts. Like, Mac might be an okay quarterback. Bill O'Brien might be an okay offensive coordinator. Some of these other guys might be okay somewhere else. When you put it together... Oh my God, that's awful. It's terrible. This, this is the worst food I've ever eaten. This should work. I put ingredients that are, yeah, okay. everything but- here, everything here should make like all of this when put together, shaken over ice. 
Well, the talent stinks. We have to admit the talent stinks on some level. And that's where I'd go back to the tempo, too. They can't run a regular play, never mind tempo plays. They don't know how to line up. They don't know when they motion who's supposed to be on the line of scrimmage and who's supposed to be off the line of scrimmage. Mike Kosicki, at times, appears to have no idea what the F he's doing out there. The unicorn who was supposed to score 12 touchdowns. He's not going to reach 12 touchdowns, just an FYI. Spoiler don't you alert. also think... Don't you also Have you think... seen Taekwon Thornton run routes? The guy oh, can't awful. run routes. They're awful. He cannot run. He runs routes like I do now because I have like bad hips and ankles and need like a, an extra step here to make the cut, an extra step there so I don't fall oh, down. This, but Andy, but this route. all now, now we just go back to like, now we just go back to, um, we go back to the comments made by Mac Jones's friend as reported by Henry McKenna a long way back. Like, you know, what's Mac supposed to do when you're cooking with garbage? Um, right. I mean, like that's, and that's, I would say the garbage should say, what am I supposed to do when I'm cooking with the worst chef ever? Like, I think that's part of it. Like the garbage can point to the chef. The chef can point to the garbage. The pans suck. The nonstick peel is starting to come off. And you're like, what the hell is this? And my, Oh, that's a piece of nonstick that fell off the pan. Cause the pan blows now. Like the whole thing stays. Yeah, like sometimes you just got to recycle them or trash them or scrap them. Uh, Speaking of which you own any hex clad pans. I'm told they're the new rage this Christmas. No, I, I, I haven't actually gotten they're into expensive. That I'm sure they I'm sure they are. I could use an update of my cookware as well. Uh, Me too, but it's like sixteen hundred bucks, so I won't be getting it. Well, I don't think I'll be doing good lord. What does it possibly make the food taste like to be that expensive? That's a whole set has a phrase that I can't say on a podcast. Do I get blanked with that? Okay, all right. We're trying to keep it family friendly. We got to wrap up here. Uh we've got like an entire podcast worth of stuff we planned on getting to as well. Why don't we go ahead and just carry all the rest of that over to our mailbag pod on Wednesday, if you're good in a with female that. bag as well. Yes, a, a, the person bag, just the the general bag. Yeah, our our, our every bag yeah. podcast. Yes, okay, the I can bag tell you get good, right? Isn't uh, the bag good? In this, all right, we're, you know what? Actually, it's time for me to just say we're wrapping this trip to the mall up before somebody starts crying, spills something, and the security is called. I'll turn all right, this I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have to be the parent on this podcast tomorrow. We're gonna do a little mailbag podcast, I believe. We will catch up on the questions you people have. We'll examine comments made this weekend by Alex Smith and how they rankled the feathers of many in Patriots Nation, as well as other former coaches uh, in the NFL. Uh, we'll get to Andy's ranking of the five Patriots he would hold on to. Uh, would he be in charge of the personnel? Of course, I went through it last week and had to change my mind five different times as I was asked on the spot. So you have to remember the people that are injured as well that you want to hold on to. So we'll get to those comments from Rex, the comments from Alex Smith, Andy's rankings and questions from you guys. We'll see if we can loop Mike Cadlick in tomorrow as well. That'll be the mailbag podcast tomorrow. But this has been our recap and review, our grading and rambling podcast, going over the debacle at the Meadowlands and everything else in Patriots Nation thus far. All right, for producer Terp, who doesn't have to worry about chopping this one up too much, it's just unfiltered and unabashed, unabashedly wonderful. For Jumbo, this is Fitzy. Thank you very much to our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook, the presenting sponsor of Six Rings and Football Things. FanDuel, make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash Six Rings to sign up now and take advantage of their fabulous same game, pro, same game parlays, no sweat first bets and more. And don't forget, hashtag Fade Fitzy. Every time I make a bet, if you just go the other way, you'd probably be really rich. And oh, what a True. merry and happy holiday season it would be for you. We'll be back tomorrow with another podcast. You guys have a terrific rest of the day or whenever you consume this. This has been Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEI, Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Good day. God bless. And as always, go Pats. 
And thank you, Chad Ryland. Woo!